0: Hey y'all, part two of the Saturday, May 21st, 2022 edition here on the Chase Jones Podcast coming at you, the Atlanta sports guys with Max Markovich and Garrett Chapman to talk all things, yeah, you guessed it, Atlanta sports. Uh, We hit on a lot of stuff on this edition of the podcast, so it's great to have uh, the guys back on the pod after a couple weeks away with uh, completing schedules and this that and the other so glad that the Atlanta sports guys could all reconvene this week uh, we revisited the draft um, which pick we're most excited about after a couple weeks um, the 2022 schedule and how it looks for the Falcons uh, Ty Ty Washington of Kentucky getting uh, put in, uh put in a situation where he was mocked to the hawks and a new uh, nba mock draft so we talked about that um what we learned from trey on jj's podcast uh, a player season review for clint capella and then uh why the braves are still struggling uh at this point in the season as we get closer and closer to jim so all that and more coming up on part two here on the chase Was podcast uh the saturday may 21st 2022 edition um Thank you guys for sticking around on today's show. And uh, if you missed it and you just saw this one, don't forget that uh, earlier uh, in the same feed, you can check out Go Big Orange Friday if you want to catch up on all things Tennessee Balls. Uh, that's also on this feed. So go check that out. If you've not already done so, uh, everything on YouTube, go subscribe to our YouTube channel, Chase Most Podcast, right there on YouTube. Uh, let's continue to add subscribers there. That would be great. Uh, tweet at me at chase underscore thomas uh like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer email me at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com and of course leave this show a five-star rating interview if you're an apple podcast or spotify listener right now that'd be great uh all right part two coming up uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me of course. see
1: i hate i already hate it i hate it
0: Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Hour 2 here on the Chaseless Podcast, where I am now joined by one other Atlanta sports guy, Max Markovich, but Garrett Chapman is going to be here, we think, at some point on this edition of the podcast, but there's one thing, as Max and I alluded to before we hit the record button, was that uh, Atlanta traffic, especially Midtown on a Friday afternoon, uh, it, it moves, and uh, navigating it, it's, it's, just, it's easy, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm sure it'll be here in a few um hours, days, weeks. We'll see.
0: I uh Midtown is it I don't know if it's the worst traffic jam in Atlanta in the afternoon, but it, midtown is more frustrating because you can go like a mile and a half and it takes you an hour plus. Like it's just the distance. It's you're just you, you think to yourself when you're going through Midtown, it would have been better to walk. That's not how it is. Like if you're on four hundred or something, you're you're out of luck. But like Midtown You think about, I could have saved time just by walking and breaking a sweat than trying to navigate this.
1: I think it's the maximum, like, I want to pull my hair out and scream at every possible Mm -hmm. person in front of me, and I hate my life, and cars suck. That's like, it might not be the worst, but it, it maximizes that feeling.
0: I think this is, I mean, the traffic is the number one reason I may never go back to Atlanta full time is now that I've been conditioned to life without Atlanta traffic and Knoxville and being in a college town again, it's just, I imagine Ann Arbor is the same way where there's not a bunch of traffic. The amount of time wasted in Atlanta traffic. And I mean, I was even in the city. I was in Virginia Highlands forever. But like, if you want to go anywhere outside of the Highlands, you're you're just kind of out of luck, man. And I just, I don't, I'm not built for it anymore. I'm not built for the traffic. I, I would lose my mind if I jumped right back into it full time.
1: No, dude. And it's also like, you can't go anywhere without a car.
0: Like mm-hmm.
1: you can't do anything without driving there. And so I mean that's that's why traffic is so bad obviously, but like mm-hmm. if you wanted to walk, even if it happened to miraculously be a beautiful day in Atlanta in May, mm-hmm. uh, you just can't do it. And that, that is definitely it's number one on the anti Atlanta detractions.
0: There you go. Uh but Max Markovich is here. He's freshly graduated since his last appearance here on the atlanta sports guys so congratulations to you sir on getting a normal graduation in ann arbor was it was it weird to go back after all this time
1: it it wasn't it wasn't like it it felt very like you were transformed like i was turning back the clock three years and i was back in college for two days Mm. uh you know which is i feel like everyone kind of needs after a few years out of it um but it didn't feel at all like a graduation it felt like a reunion uh which you know was was what I needed it was it was there was no like there was no sentimentality of a graduation it was all Hmm. just like the fun of of a reunion
0: yeah because you're already done like you the graduation feel is over it's not like you you have this release of getting done with your last classes and finals and everything you're just out of that mindset
1: yeah totally totally and it's you know for some people it was closure for me Mm -hmm. it was just like all right like that was fun it was a fun weekend and now we're (laughs) we're back in life
0: there you go (laughs) um yeah no i'm excited i i've finished up this week this week has just been a whirl. this has been one of the longer weeks of my life uh just with the amount of time i was doing with school and the pod and everything else it was just this has been a long long week i was at the knoxville airport for the fiance at 4 30 in the morning on thursday and just there
1: you go the fiance
0: the fiance speaking of,
1: speaking of speaking of major life changes you've had you've had actual real ones i've about had like, a lot of real graduation I, have, we not,
0: have we not recorded since i got engaged
1: No, we have not.
0: So it's been three weeks. Two weeks. Goodness gracious.
1: I I think two weeks.
0: Is it two weeks? I don't know. When did I get engaged? Was that two weeks ago? What's the the date? I think think
1: we recorded right before the day. It had
0: to be the day before because I got engaged that Saturday. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. That's right. Um, Yeah. So she said, yes, we're good. Um, But yeah, it's kind of wild. If you had told me that uh, before I moved up here for school that I would get engaged or be married, before uh, i finished grad school i would have laughed in your face but that is wild yeah it's it's a wild wild thing but this fall man i don't even want to think about it day to day brick by brick one day at a time because i'll just have a, a full-on meltdown if i think about my fall because because <laughs> yeah, the one
1: thing the one thing you need in your life is more more uh, more stuff going on
0: the amount of stuff i feel bad because i'm i'm just very grateful that my mom is like all about helping the the wedding planning because i have no space for it where i just whatever you want is cool with me like i am good i just i i don't have the the space to just uh do the back and forth where it's like i can't do the questions i do the nick saban thing where i'm like i only can make so many decisions and so many thoughts a day i can't have a take i don't have a take on just about anything with the wedding i'm good
1: did you see what dustin johnson said about like someone asked him how much how much you know whether he was like putting in effort with the wedding or anything Uh like that he said he spent about like a half an hour
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it's not because i don't love her it was just that i don't want to be involved it's not my day it's just i'll be there when i need to be there i'll pick a suit i guess but if you want to pick my colors go ahead um but i just know it's either going to be in the mountains in tennessee or in the farms in tennessee that's what we're down to so i'm excited either way but um, but yeah, this fall, Tennessee schedule, uh, graduation and my last semester and getting married. Uh, so just, yeah, uh, very normal. And then of course this and what we got going on here. Um, speaking of what we got going on here, Atlanta sports guys, uh, a lot has happened. Um, we, there's a lot to cover with Atlanta sports right now. And I want to start max with the Falcons. Um, now that you've had a few weeks since the NFL draft, Took place. I want to ask you, and um, a lot of good stuff. Like Locked On Falcons has done some good player reviews, so shout out to Aaron Freeman for that. Uh, gaining good insight. Will McFadden had a good piece on Jalen Hawkins and the alcoholic the other day that I read that I liked. That y'all should go check out. But now that you've had a couple weeks, Max, what pick excites you the most? Whatever you, what what are you most excited about? Two weeks after the fact.
1: It's funny. I think I think day of. I would have easily said Arnold Abichetti, Um mm. just because I feel like that is the exact type of guy the Falcons haven't taken in the second round ever. Mm. Like they went up, they got their guy. He is a plug and play. You can see how it's going to work. Like he is ready to get eight sacks next year. Mm. and like with the athleticism and potential for more. Right. Um, I, I, he might still be the pick I'm most excited about. But God, it's so damn intriguing. Uh, everything you hear about Desmond Ritter. Like mm. it's hard for that not to be the answer because like if he hits, that's like a gener that's that's a franchise changing pick mm-hmm. like to take a franchise quarterback in the third round completely changes your outlook for twenty years, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying like and the beauty of it is is because he's a third round pick, there's really no downside. if he sucks, that's okay like it it, it doesn't really change the trajectory of this team. they'll be picking top. Five, three, one next year and can likely take a quarterback if they need to. But it's like this flyer that there's room to see if it works. If it doesn't work, that's okay. And the upside is so damn high that like the possibility of that being, that being, you know, a diamond in the rough, Russell Wilson kind of third round hit is, it's so exciting. Like I, I think, cause this year is a total flyer year. And, like, I think the idea of, first of all, everything you hear about him is, like, great locker room guy, total leader, mm-hmm. you know, charisma, all the, like, cliche shit that you want to hear about your, your quarterback that you just drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, throughout the, pro- the draft process, it was clear that he's also, like, been the most, the most pro-ready guy. Like, the guy who's gonna, who could step in and could lead a team and has all the, like, intangible stuff That makes you want to believe and obviously the record of quarterbacks in the second third fourth round is not good Mm -hmm. um but just the idea of that being a flyer instead of like the eighth overall pick or even the the 43rd overall pick um it, it just excites me more um it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't the way i've looked at it is it doesn't hinder you from doing anything you otherwise could have or would have done like mm-hmm. if you had taken Malik Willis at eight or, or doesn't Ritter at eight, that really prohibits you from taking a quarterback in the first round next year. You've invested your job, um, mm-hmm. your Terry Fondo in, in this guy. Um, and, and you take all of that out of it when he's in the third round. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. And, and I think I'm excited. I'm weirdly excited for what this offensive um, p- uh, skill position group is starting to look like. Um, the, 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 the The cupboard was bare going into the draft, uh, in that, on that front. But now when you look at it and you say, okay, you have Drake London to go with Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts. You have Cordero Patterson. You have Tyler Algier, who I really like in this system. You have, um, Brian Edwards who you get for nothing, a Mm -hmm. talent like that for nothing. Um, and you have, you have Ritter, you have Mariota and it's like, interesting. Like it's not, it's not good. Like you're not going to be good. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of guys that I'm like intrigued by that, you know, if if London and Pitts are like the 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 dynamic duo, big receiver prototype that Arthur Smith um, champions like that is like that is your foundation. And then you can build off that. Um, If Tyler Algier is a a sixth round bowling ball running back like it looks like he could be like you finally done the one thing that we've been screaming for the Falcons to do for 10 years, which is just take flyers in the late rounds don't sign these aging veterans right yeah um and you still have Cordero Patterson to work with who who was really good for most of last year in all sorts of ways you know you can move him around and the versatility of that so it was a long answer but I think on draft night it was Ebiketti and I'm still very excited about Ebiketti but it's pretty intriguing now to just like think about what Ritter could be now we got garrett
0: chapman uh entering the fold i i agree garrett you did not hear uh everything max just laid out here but the question was uh ultimately now that we've had a couple weeks to uh, process and think about the picks the falcons ultimately made which pick are you most uh most excited by a couple weeks after because max went a different route than you might think he he went desmond Ritter.
2: I I actually really, I'm all aboard on the Desmond Ritter pick. I I caught the Mm. tail end of what he was saying there. Uh, And I I was up at Flowery Branch and was able to talk to some of these guys. And and Desmond Ritter, when I say the guy said all the right things, he Mm. absolutely did. And he really controlled the team too. I understand it was like we're just rookie minicamp and everything and take it with a grain of salt. Um, But he really commanded the offense and, and kind of had the respect of his teammates very early on. Um, And it wasn't like a a barking orders kind of way. It was just like a he talks, they listen kind of thing. And, yeah, it's early. I'm not going to put too much stock into that necessarily, but Mm -hmm. it's enough, like he said, when you take a quarterback like that in the third round who's a bona fide winner who uh, – we talked to Luke Fickle, and he said all the same things. And it's just the guy is is just consistent, and he's a good locker room presence at the very least. He's going to be a solid backup. Um, And for a third-round pick, that's fantastic. Um, But – in terms of your question, are you looking long-term, short-term? What what are, you, what are we thinking here?
0: Well, I think it's hard to even extrapolate long-term on a lot of these guys right now. I yeah. think it's just more short-term and who could make the biggest – well, I guess for me, I, it just really depends on who you're thinking about because for me, like it's Tyler Morgan. Like I am really interested because Georgia fans were really upset that, uh, that Kobe Dean was not the pick there. Sure. And there was a huge discrepancy between uh, Georgia fans – uh, who wanted Kobe Dean, and then all the folks who were draft nuts were like, oh, this dude's an animal and just an athletic machine and just the modern type of linebacker that you want who's good in coverage and doesn't know what he's doing yet with his body, but sure. he's going to be good enough. And he's like a – I want to say, didn't he play quarterback or something? So, like Troy Anderson.
2: Yeah, Troy Anderson. A, Troy yeah, Anderson. What did yeah, I say? You know, he was – you said something Morgan. And I was like, I, I know I who you're talking him. about. No, Troy Anderson. Drew,
0: I'm losing my Troy mind. Troy
2: Anderson was an all-conference player uh, at quarterback. Um, he played, he rushed for over 2000 yards at, at, as a running back. Uh, and then he hurt his foot. He wasn't going to play in the 2020 season, but they didn't, Montana state didn't play anyway. So Mm -hmm. it didn't make a difference. But after that, they, they moved him to inside linebacker full time. And he was first team all conference. I mean, the dude can do literally everything. And actually after talking to him, I kind of got the feeling that it's like, you know, uh, the, the analogy that I used was like talking to Clark Kent versus Superman. You look mm. at him on the field, and the dude is just a freak, where he's running around, sprinting in circles, going 100 miles an hour, taking people's heads off. Um, and then you talk to him, and he's just a normal, docile guy. Really cool, easygoing, very relaxed. Um, but on the football field, that dude is a menace. Uh, but as far as looking forward, like, who I'm most excited about, I think Troy Anderson's one of those guys I'm kind of mm-hmm. excited about. He's kind of a. I, I think he really could be a diamond in the rough kind of player who in a couple years time you're like how did this guy fall to this into the second round um but Cady is another one of those guys i know everyone's mm-hmm. talking about Trick London and he's going to take all the fanfare cuz eighth, eighth pick overall <clears throat> i mean of course that's going to take a lot of attention but Cady comes in he feels an immediate need at pass mm-hmm. rush and and he look this is a this is a defense that had 18 sacks last year and if he just comes out and gets six, all of a sudden your light years better than when you were last year because you have uh, Malone, D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky. He, he should come in, be a little speed rusher on the other side. Lorenzo Carter, um, he's a great player who I think these guys can lean on. But Evikidi is like going to be the guy, uh, maybe not early on in the season, but he will be by the end of the season. I'm very confident in that. And the dude is a fantastic football player. He was at Temple. He was at, at Penn State. And the dude, he can do everything. He, he's good against the run. Uh, he's tough, he'll be on the field pretty much the whole game, so he's going to be a three-down player, and I really like that, that's not something that we've had uh, here in Atlanta for a very long time, That's consistent, I mean, even going back to the 2016 season, when you had 15 and a half sacks out of Vic Beasley, he wasn't a three-down player, he was a guy who's just a speed rusher, who can get to the quarterback, and he mostly played cleanup, maybe Katie's a wrecker, so -hmm. he's going to come in and, and punch somebody in the mouth and actually disrupt plays, and the only other person we have on this team who can do that is Grady Jarrett, so Having somebody like that, that's going to be a big deal.
0: I yeah. Think, um, and I, I, oh, go ahead, Max.
1: Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think the more I thought about the draft, and we talk a lot about positional value, and I think that was our, our, our main gripe with London at um, eight. But, mm. but the way I, th- the more I think about that, um, like, it, it had the Falcons gone positional value strictly at eight and taken, let's just say, Jermaine Johnson um, mm. or Charles Cross. Uh, but let's stick with Jermaine Johnson for the edge receiver duo. If they had taken Jermaine Johnson at eight and like Christian Watson early in the second, is that a better haul than Drake London and Arnold Epichetti? Like, I don't think anyone would say it is.
0: Hmm. Um, no.
1: And so I think I think the Falcons really let the draft come to them in terms of value. That's how you get Ritter in the third and and like don't reach for him earlier than that. Um, and that's how you get like you can be excited about London without saying a receiver is going to fix everything. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I like most about this draft is they hit on everything, and they can op- they can op- they can use everyone on their own timeline. If Troy Anderson's not ready, he does not have to play right away. If Arnold McKenny's ready to be a for number one edge, step on up. There's plenty of room. Um, <laughs> if Drake London's ready to catch 80 balls next year, he's going to catch 80 balls next year. And I think that that's what's ex- that's what's most exciting. I think about where the Falcons are is like they can do whatever. Next year's a flyer year.
2: Yeah, I actually saw somebody post on Twitter it says what what defines a successful season for the Atlanta Falcons in twenty twenty two. I don't know if you guys saw that. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, I saw Kelsey responded one to two wins and a top and uh, a top pick. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> then we can go get Will Anderson and really be good, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, or any of the quarterbacks that come out next year. But look, Max, I think you you hit it or usually started to touch on it. Where it's like these guys are going to have lots of reps and lots of playing time. Uh, just out of necessity because this team has so much dead cap that they can't really go out and go get veterans and go get guys to outside of just putting like the the caulk in the cracks and, and sanding it over just seeing what you can get from them and i mean this is not going to be a very good football team i think it's a very well coached team um and i want to see the development of these players so that's really all i want to see in this 2020 season 2022 season i mean i, I have very low expectations as far as the win loss side of it Mm-hmm. But as far as actual development, I'm I, I'm very confident in what Arthur Smith does. And, and look, this season is not defined by wins. This season is defined by how does the team look in those losses or in those wins. But I'm excited well, I think to my team.
0: emotional investment will depend on what the Ritter-Mariota situation turns out to be. Because if Ritter wins this job in camp this summer because it's not like they paid Mariota this kind of starter money he's he is still getting paid backup money in Atlanta and they're okay with Ritter winning the job you still don't take Ritter in the third round if you don't have a plan in place where you're like this is an open competition and it's an open competition between two seemingly the nicest dudes in this league so we're gonna just have the nicest quarterback room um, which is which is great Um, but I, I'm curious to see what happens there, because if it's Mariota for 17 games and Ritter doesn't do enough in camp and Mariota stays healthy, then it's just the emotional investment where I'm like, this is 1000% a flyer year. This is a year where Mariota is just the prototypical bridge guy, and I'm not going to get emotionally invested in that. However, if Ritter wins outright, we have a Dak Prescott kind of situation or a Russell Wilson. I'm just I'm hesitant to throw the Russell Wilson comps just because... Wilson is uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I regret,
1: I regret having brought that up earlier. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't even... I don't want to invoke that. But we don't need other people are doing that. It's just you see third I rounder... See it's, which see. is why it's irresponsible of me to have it done so. I like Dak Prescott a lot more as a, like, this is the high upside.
0: Right. And the guy who... He didn't flash any of the stuff other than, like, the leadership. That was the first thing you heard about Dak was just dudes are drawn to Dak. And that guy's a leader. He puts his body on the line. He's just someone that you believe you can win with and rallies the troops. And it seems like that's who Desmond is too, where dude just won a plethora of games in Cincinnati and just was, I think he's like second in wins. Is he second in wins in college football history? Uh, I think Uh, he's behind Case Keenum. Um, He's right there. Yeah, and Case Keenum was in college for like 17 years. So (laughs) uh, I'm curious to see what happens there because if it is Ritter, then we have to go, okay, every every week we have to look at this extremely – extremely tough because the, <laughs> if he's okay then we're in a weird spot going into the draft next year if he's really good it's like okay we're cooking you have you see the the young core of of um ritter london and pitts and you're suddenly like okay this is fun if that's the thing and we're starting anew and this is like the ground floor and we can build something here and watch uh ritter go through his uh ricky lumps and all that kind of stuff but I think that's where i'm at is it just i'm interested to see what happens there and that will dictate where we should see this season because it's totally different perspectives depending on who's under center
1: well we also saw like what it could be and i don't know if this is an upside or a downside is like Mm. he he could be davis mills and then like you saw that with houston they 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 passed on quarterback this entire draft having said that would they have passed on quarterback if cj stroud and bryce young were available Hmm. I don't know I kind of doubt it but I don't know like you know they really like Davis Mills Davis Mills had a better year than expected like that to me is like if he's Davis Mills you're in a middle ground but it's not necessarily a bad one where you're not married to him yeah you if you love one of those quarterbacks you're not wedded to that guy if you you know you have concerns and 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 also you're like I want to take Will Anderson like I don't think anyone would would complain about that but Mm -hmm. I think going back to your point about what I'm most excited about for this entire season maybe is like if Desmond Ritter comes out of training camp with the job that will mean he that will mean he has earned it like Mm -hmm. there will not no one's handing him that job and so that means if he's earned it like it's time to get pretty excited about what that means right but it's also like if they had taken him eighth I keep going back to that there probably would have been some sort of pressure to like push him to getting those reps right Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do that um On the flip side, you know, if he doesn't win it, and he doesn't earn it, and he doesn't play really that much all year, like, I think that tells you a little bit about his progression. And then your understanding of that going into next year's draft, and your options are are what they are. Um, So that's, that's, I mean, the excitement is at quarterback, I think, just because of what that will mean for the future.
0: Do you think
2: fans would be okay with Desmond Ritter being the long-term option for the Falcons?
0: Yeah, I mean, if he wins, like I don't think fans care. If you're a winner and
2: see, I, I don't know if that's true because Matt Ryan was winning. You uh, would come off seasons where he was winning a lot of football games, and this fan still wanted him, him replaced. You know, I think We're you're talking, always going to have some about a vocal minority. Yeah, that's what I, I, I would guess say I am. Too. I guess I hear this vocal minority all the time, just where mm. I work. So uh, right. I hear them constantly they're very loud. So. Mm-hmm. Um, most
1: of no, Matt Ryan's but, career in Atlanta, I would I would guess his approval rating among Falcons fans was around
2: 70, between 70 and 80 percent, I think. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think most quarterbacks would live with numbers like that. Absolutely. Um, but it's like, but there's always going to be that person who's going to be like, yeah, well, I mean, at least we should go get, like, Patrick Mahomes. And you want that talent level where it's like, people think it just sort of, like, grows on trees. But, I mean, Desmond Ritter is a very exciting and very enticing option you know Mm -hmm. for this team just as a I want to see what he does I really want to see what he does and I want to see what this the power running game does and I heard you guys touching on Algier just a little bit and how he fits into the scheme that's what Arthur Smith wants to do Ragone wants to do that they want to run the football and establish it and we really didn't have the guys to do that we thought we had Mike Davis uh who was going to be able to do something like that but nah he just didn't really work out so Algiers is a guy who I, I think can come in here and take some reps, and I'm really looking at that this year. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they can do there because if they can establish a running game, it was pretty like, porous last year. I mean, where did we rank, like 28th or something like that in football? Like I can't imagine it was, it was any higher than 25th mm-hmm. um, just overall. So I, I expect that to change a little bit this year. Um, and then just I'm going to be looking at this offensive line too. I, I think Mayfield will be you, the biggest leap. Uh, as far as progression goes, generally comes from year one to year two. Um, the bar is quite literally the floor for mm-hmm. him, so he can't get much worse. Um, so as long as he can just become a comp- like a, a competent left guard, mm-hmm. all of a sudden this this running game is going to get a lot better. Um, so that's the other thing I'm looking at there.
0: But you can't pencil that in. We have no idea. Like he might just oh, be no, terrible. It's very
2: much in pencil. Yeah. It's not in pen because mm-hmm. Sch- just uh, Schaefer is is a mauler. He has, he has a, he's like he's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. He's not the most athletic guy. So I don't know how if he's going to take reps from uh, Mayfield early necessarily, but as far as a run blocker, I mean, the dude's a mauler, and he's going to rip somebody's face off. So we'll see what happens. with it. I mean, I'm interested. That's one of the battles that I'm going to be watching a lot at Flowery Branch this summer. Oh, yeah, you're
0: I'd, roasting I'd, out there in the sun. I've been to a well, couple of in the sun. I my my pale branch.
2: ass, man, it's going to be it's gonna be brutal. I'll be at SPF 75 or 85 or something <laughs> like you need
0: that. You can be at SPF 100. What are we talking about? What are we doing? You need Look to be in this. the triple digits, sir.
2: Look at that, man. Like it's, what am I looking at? Uh, exactly. I just reflect the sun, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I, I think the Falcon season is all about, like, the Falcons are entirely questions right now. And, mm-hmm. and the season is all about how many answers you can find. And, like... If Jalen Mayfield sucks, like that's an answer. Like the mm-hmm. answer is he's not the answer, right? And so you can go in with your with your plethora of resources next off season, and like you need a replacement, and that's your answer. Um, it, it, you know, and I think that's what's exciting. Like th- we don't know anything about this football team. We know nothing, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get some answers. It's one kind way of exciting, or the other. though.
2: Yeah, it's kind, it's kind cool. of exciting. This is like the first time in 15 years, really, that since Matt Ryan has been quarterback that we've. Really not known and just gone into a season like, hey, we're not going to win football games, so let's see what we can get. You know, because as long as he was here, it was like there was always like this in the back of your head. Even if you didn't win a lot of football games that year, it was in the back of your head. was like, hey, we could compete in every game we play. Um, And that's just really not the case anymore. And that's it's kind of refreshing almost (laughs) to an extent because – I don't know. It's it's just a new returning a new leaf and I'm excited. We say
0: that until the losses pile up. Everyone says Once this the until the losses
2: pile then I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to get frustrated. I know mm-hmm. I will, but I don't we, I don't think anything about this season will
1: possibly make it worse than last season. Like no, mm-hmm. last season was about as Last season we won 7 games last year. I had no fun watching it. <laughs> none. It was zero miserable. fun and I can tell you like we we might win two games this year, but like if Desmond Ritter's kind of frisky, like I will have more fun than I had watching the Falcons mm-hmm. last year and that should signal that hold on i love
0: somewhere. the saints game and i loved uh, oh beating the saints with that yes.
2: Patterson shot down the right side of the right side of the You're field right. the Dol- the, awesome also the that Dol- was the high i watched that with one of my best friends who's also a diehard saints fan mm. and i got to shove that into his face as the reason they missed the playoffs mm-hmm. so, awesome awesome it didn't get any better than that so that was the highlight of the season uh, low 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 side of the season was getting uh, absolutely demolished by the Patriots. And, the Patriots game was uh, the lowest effort, point. That, yeah, that was horrible. It was miserable. But I mean, Mac like, Jones the, the just lows carving
0: us up three yards at a time. time. That was one of the most painful, painful football games Death I've watched by in my life. Thousand blows. Um, and then the Bills game was fun, back and forth, and that the, was a good game. Uh, I enjoyed that, that game. They should have won that game. Yeah. Um, quickly, because Max uh, has to go soon, so we got to quickly uh, one last thing on the Falcons. The schedule came out since our last recording. Uh, a lot of people are looking at that and like, oh, where's the best uh, position for the Falcons? What's the most interesting stretch? Uh, the early stretch looks uh, <laughs> looks painful uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, but we'll learn a lot pretty quickly, I think, which is actually good that we'll we'll learn pretty early on. But Garrett, do you have a stretch of games that you've already circled that uh, most intrigue you for the for the calendar?
2: I mean, they're gonna lose a lot of them, so <laughs> I think they're favored in two. Um, Oof. I think when the Bears come to town, and then the Panthers just—they're like plus mm. one or something like that. So, and it's just a home home game against a bad division rival. So you're gonna mm. split that anyway. But no, not really. <laughs> I know in the early stretch, like in the in September, you have mm-hmm. the what is it—the Saints, the Rams, and the Seahawks—and mm-hmm. those are three of the best run defense defense teams in the NFL, uh, or at least they'll be very very good. And I think the identity that Arthur Smith wants to establish at least in the coming years, maybe not necessarily this year, but I think they're, they're starting to lay the, the ground, the groundwork for it mm-hmm. is the rushing attack. And I want to see what he can do after a full camp and everything who steps up, who, where, where does the offense come from? Is it Algier? Is it, is it, do they go back to Patterson? I mean, uh, Damian Williams, is he, is he going to step in and, and be a guy? Um, I don't think he will, but I, I want to see, I want to see what the rookie does. Um, but that's really the most interesting stretch of games. But, Mostly because it's like you—you you have the Rams, and the Rams are just going to go after Marcus Mariota, assuming that he is the starter for that game. And I will see if he makes it out of the month of September. Um, just with his injury history, he's, he hasn't played a full season. What's like five years? So, that—I that, mean—to n- answer your question, long story short, no, not really. There's not a stretch of games that this team is really going to excite me. I Just any any game that we can learn something. What about you, Max? I'm excited. This is this is going to happen. Let
1: me play this out. Uh, Ritter's going to win the job out of camp. Mm. And week one, Mercedes-Benz against the Saints. I have really enjoyed this offseason. The Saints trying to convince themselves that they can be contenders with this roster slash version without a teardown. Um, I would really, really enjoy just, like, beating the Saints week one after... <laughs> We went through the painful, like, tear down, start over, and they were like, no, nah, we're just going to go, we're going to double down on Cap Hell. We're We're contenders. We're going to trade future picks. We're going to – Chris Olave is the answer. Like, I think that is ludicrous that they think they can win anything this year. Um, pick off Jameis twice, Falcons win. Ritter plays, you know, a really promising opener. Like, that would be awesome. Uh, and we'd still lose a lot of games. Like, the next stretch is really mm-hmm. hard. One more game I want to put on the the radar is Cleveland comes to Atlanta, I think week four or five. Uh, high chance Deshaun's suspended for that game, but in the event he's not, uh, that'll be an interesting one for a number of reasons. Um, and I would I would enjoy winning that game as well. Uh, you could not pay me
0: there are enough money of... to come in the building for that one if he's cleared to play. Dude, like there... you could you could offer me Do like you a couple you grand. Know, like... Would he get no.
2: like a standing ovation? Like, with- I don't know. That's no. what concerns he won't get me. Standing ovation, he won't. He would shooting. get cheered a know. lot. I think he would. Get he cheered. he'd get cheered. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of quarterbacks this year. That's that's probably the most interesting thing though. Like, yeah, I think you started touching on it, is like the amount of quarterbacks that come into this place, mm. uh, into the bins. There are a lot of them. I mean, there are a lot of good teams that are coming into the bins. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch.
1: Mm. Win, win week one, beat Cleveland, go
2: two and fifteen, get the first. <laughs> does this does this team kind of remind you this season of last year's lions just like a tiny bit i i like that i like the idea behind that you know because i mean like the, you didn't mm. they didn't win games but i think that they fought, i think that, they fought like hell yeah. you know I, I hate that that's such a football thing to say but they really did and they sucked but they mm-hmm. sucked in the best way possible if that makes sense
1: I think what I want most out of this year is to feel good about Arthur Smith, and, yeah. and that's what hmm. Detroit got out of Dan Campbell last exactly. year, and I think like, if that's the case like that, it will have been an overwhelmingly successful year. However we define like Arthur Smith did a good job, Like that is the number one thing I want.
2: Dan Campbell is the most Dan Quinn person without being Dan Quinn. <laughs> bald. He's bald. He's a rah-rah dude. He's freaking yoked. Uh, <laughs> <Dan> <laughs> he, Quinn checks, he literally checks all the boxes.
0: Mm.
2: Just the epitome of a football dude
0: uh the hawks so trey went on the jj reddick podcast this week um and that was a highly anticipated appearance for him um this was interesting because what we were wondering this offseason and i think we talked about it a few weeks back but the fact that the hawks went out the way they did against the heat was actually a good thing and that uh, Trey going through the growing pains there was a good thing um, that he did not go off and go for 40 every night and the Hawks still lose where the the way we would have to look at this off season would be very different. And Schlink would be, I think, under more pressure if that were the case um, internally, if Trey was going off and Trey goes like, hey, I did everything I could and we still couldn't do it. I need help. You didn't do anything this past year. You ran it back with these guys and it didn't work. Um, this has to change now or we have some problems long term instead um the heat played him differently defensively and the heat we've seen just put clamps on everybody this postseason it's not unique to trey that when they turn it on like they did against the celtics in the third quarter in game one like there's just not a whole lot you can do and trey will get better he'll learn from it all that good stuff but what uh what did y'all make of trey's appearance on jj's podcast
2: i know that he doesn't like the or he he loves the knicks Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm That definitely got all the attention. Um, I haven't listened to the full thing yet. I've caught clips of it. Mm. Um, But it's the fact that he just lives rent-free in the heads of every Knicks fan in the city of New York. And how that's just remains one of the funniest damn things on the planet. Or at least in the sport of basketball. That you have an entire city that hates him so much that they chant F. Trey Young at a Yankees game. Or at a concert or in the subway, or anything, and how Trey Young just sort of lives off of it. And, and, and another thing was the the fact that they both were... I mean, really, they're, they're both villains, to an extent, in the, in, to the sport of basketball. I mean, J.J. Redick was the epitome of a Duke... like, one of those Duke guys who everybody loved to hate. Um, but he was just a stud. And there was, like, only so much that you could ever do to him. Um, but it was just sort of, like, that connection that they had for a second. Like, being a, an 18-, 19-, 20-year-old kid... And going into hostile arenas where people are chanting at you and and calling you out. And Trey Young talks about how he went home to Lubbock, Texas, when Texas Tech uh, took to, to play Texas Tech, and he thought he was going to come in and people like, oh yeah, yeah, you're from here, yeah, he had friends in the stands. And he had one side that was chanting "fuck you," and then the other ones are like, "fuck you, Trey Young." And then it was just, and, and that and that that's tough for a twenty-something. Hmm. I, I can't imagine going through something like that and how that just establishes such a chip on your shoulder and how it just becomes the identity of Trey Young. And there's nobody better to talk to him about it than J.J. Redick. And so, I mean, I th- I, I, I'm excited to listen to the whole thing. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Um, but but it's just the progression of Trey. And it's like, what's that next step for him? After leading the league in both points and assists, the sky's the limit.
0: I want a Ray, Ray Young memoir uh, highlighting Trey's upbringing. <gasps> that would be first ballot. One.
2: I guarantee you, he'll right. He's he's just a, a couple steps short of LeVar Ball. So
0: I'm not going that far, but he just That's, loves his son. Short of he him. goes he goes about it, but I can just it's kind of one of those where I just I'd be curious because he's built for it, and I wonder when you're raised a certain way that like you're just conditioned to be like you you have to love this. It's certain like he had to be coached in a way to enjoy this and to respond the way mm. he does to intense booze, to rowdy crowds, that sort of thing, where I would love to know how he grew up dealing with that and being prepared for that. Uh, Because it seems like he's had that chip on his shoulder. Because I think Ray responded to um, one of these tweets about Luca and was just like, no one believed in Trey, uh, to the effect. And that's, uh, it seems like, I mean, that's your dad. That's what it's Mm going to be. Um, And you can't fault him for that. So I I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I wonder how that all worked when he was growing up um in terms of uh the draft though i want to quickly ask max about this so ty ty washington got mocked to the hawks who is a kentucky guard Uh, watched a lot of them this past year um in the sec but what do you make of that fit uh in atlanta do you like the ty ty fit at all
1: To be honest, I did not watch enough SEC basketball. uh, Oh no! To know for sure.
0: Well, we were the best basketball conference this past year, so not only does it mean more in the football sense, but basketball as well.
1: Out in the NCAA tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say, here is the problem. I'm on such Hawks fatigue still. Uh Oh. You you brought up Trey, and I was Uh like, I just need a break from Trey. Like you know, like Mm -hmm. watching Luca has really deflated my my. um, the wind in my sails, I would just mm-hmm. say. Like it's really hard watching him do this with that roster and thinking about what could have been. Um, we don't need to go there, obviously. But in terms of the draft, like I-, I don't really I don't really know where you go with this roster because I don't know what the roster is going to be, you know? Like I don't know who stays, I don't know who goes, I don't know what your needs are and like Ty Ty Washington is a guard. Um, mm-hmm. and that's fine, but Like, he was a ball-dominant guard at Kentucky. Um, Mm -hmm. What is, like, it just doesn't, like, you can't have any more ball-dominant guards unless they're coming off the bench, right? And and they're keeping DeLon right, I would think. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think that's more of a, like, he's going to go in this range, so let's mock him here fit. Um, I I just think you keep taking stabs at wings, um, and I guess bigs, depending on who you're keeping. Yeah. well, I also like, am
0: concerned because Nate clearly is not a rookie guy. Like, Nate is not. He played right. Johnson. Like, J- Jalen Johnson. What
1: did Jalen Johnson. We don't know. We don't know anything more about Jalen Johnson today than we did when he was drafted.
0: Right. And that's a problem. So, I just, I hesitate. When I see the pick, I'm like, I don't even know if they want to keep that pick. Like, they might just try and trade the lottery pick or the draft pick for that. Because I don't, I don't know. I forgot who it was. I think it was a friend of the pod, Mark Schindler on Locked on Hawks a week or two ago. When I was on a run. And he pitched. TJ Warren to the Hawks, um, as someone the Hawks would go like by low on his injury stuff, but he obviously knows Nate, and the Hawks need another guy who can create his own shot. They need more of those wings who can do that on their own to take pressure off Trey. And I thought about that and I'm like, well, maybe that's the pick. You give Indiana, who's doing the full rebuild, you give up that pick and you throw one of your contracts at uh at T J Warren. I wouldn't hate TJ Warren in this in this Hawks team. Is he
1: gonna guard anybody? Like
0: who cares? I- I think it matters. It matters. We're going all in, Max.
1: Come on. Look at the teams teams who are playing basketball still. Like, the Celtics, they guard the shit out of you. The Heat, Mm -hmm. They guard the shit out of you. Golden State's a different different deal altogether, Um, but they certainly play hard defensively. Mm. And Dallas, who is guarding the shit out of everybody right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, game one aside, that's a different story. I just... I'm deflated with all of this because you're, you're, you're handicapped by the fact that, like, Trey can never be even a Steph-level defender. Mm-hmm. And so you have to—everything has to be centered around, okay, well, like, how do you make an at- league-average NBA defense around him? And, yeah, adding, like, a Zach Levine, you know, creator would be great in theory. Um, mm-hmm. He's not going to guard anybody. And if both your guards aren't going to guard anybody, you are screwed in the NBA. If you can't stop anybody at the point of attack, you have no chance. And so I think, like, whatever – I, I, I also think that there's, like, a less than a 50% chance they, ha- they keep that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but every transaction going forward has to be, like, how do we build a league average NBA defense at least? And I know that's not a fun thing to, like, talk about, uh, but DJ mm-hmm. Warren isn't that guy. I did want to talk about Aiton. Um, I love, oh, no. love Aiton. I was just, I was just I about to bring of that up. I love the idea of Aiton. Kind of, I kind of love it. I, I think it'd be great. I think what it'd if, be great. Chase, what if I'd asked you that a year ago? You would have said, "There's no way in hell
2: we're, we could have a chance to get eight. No, no, I, did, I, I, I wouldn't I, have wanted him. I was that he didn't have a he was he didn't get a, the, the contract offer.
0: But that's all you need to know. When James Jones was like, "We're good," on no, uh, Mac, no, that's that's not all what you need know. to know that for ownership me. Is, that
2: ownership is. Not I don't trust anything that comes out of the Suns, man.
0: I, I just when you go to the finals and he's an important player and he has that kind of growth and development. Um, and then just to not play in the second half, based on the blow up that we still don't really know what happened there between him and Monty, I I don't know. I just I'm so careful about the locker room dynamic here at this point, where I <laughs> I don't know if I want our two highest paid players to be Trey and DeAndre. I I don't know if I want that to be That's the case. Fine,
1: but Trey has to be one of them. So. Yeah,
0: Trey does. So the other guy has to be um, just <laughs> the, the perfect
1: star that
2: will never come up. I think part of the
0: problem yeah. is that like. What's well, not the perfect all... star? It's just well, the perfect personality.
2: I'm get. thinking personality that you're too. you're going to get is going to have warts. Like whether it is Ben Simmons or DeAndre Ayton or, or Bradley the, Beal or, or, or uh, literally anybody else. Like, Zach Levine.
1: You have to you have to operate through not only the prism of like what is the perfect fit, but also mm-hmm. like what trade is actually possible. Yeah. yeah. And and that list is maybe zero. Right where they overlap. An Ayton trade is actually legitimately possible. They don't want to pay him max money. They would prefer well, they could to add, just get them on the open market. They would prefer to add a few role players on mid-level contracts. They would love to have a Bogey Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, someone like that. I, think it makes I sense. would just
0: sit on my play here, my play right now because I don't really love any of the available guys is sit on Zion. Just wait for it to continue to get worse. <laughs> and then the Pelicans who tasted playoff success this year, they're not going to wait on Zion anymore. If he's like, I'm not playing. I'm not doing it.
2: What's he got to do? Put on 20 more pounds or something? I, whatever you got what's... to do to get
0: to Atlanta. Man, whatever you got to do. Like, I'm waiting on Zion. I think that's a possibility. Zion and Zion Trey is, would...
2: is possible at the trade deadline, potentially, if you want to wait That'd that long. That'd be so electric.
0: Zion. Can you imagine the highlight factory with Zion and Trey? Like Oh, that's my just... God.
1: Could you imagine? Lob City. That, that was the, the ultimate Lob City. The most entertaining 41-win team I've ever
2: seen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i might move back to atlanta just for that like i go I, to
2: a lot of games I, you think it's fun with john collins but mm-hmm. holy shit but you i'm can't waiting for zion.
0: zion like that's my uh, that's my take is as of right now i've been thinking about that a lot and just
2: These assets are just
1: every day they get worse well like zion what are you gonna have to trade if, if zion, zion becomes available zion. every major market is in on it, right well if yeah, you're York, trading Zion, Z- if you're trading
0: for zion and yeka is in the deal um you're probably having to give up collins and Yaka yeah, Collins, DeAndre, um, two and DeAndre, and then and probably a couple firsts.
1: Mediocre first. Does that get that done?
0: But if he says, "Here's the other thing," what if Zion Assuming tells him, enough. "I want to play with Trey"?
2: Well, DeAndre Hunter would have just signed a contract, then he wouldn't be able to be traded.
0: Well, he's a sign-in-trade. Like, DeAndre is a sign-in-trade where he is not a good... Like, he's an RFA this summer. So, someone offers in the max. The Suns are like, we're not doing that. I can't run it it back
1: with this roster. I can't do it.
0: You can't run it back, but I just want to be careful about who... Because this is it. Whatever you do this summer is just paramount to what happens with Trey in the next year or two. It's just there's so much pressure because if they're play in team again next year then i think we're looking at trey asking for a trade like i think that's where you're looking at because it's just guys know that they can they have the, like it, it's just not fun like it, at that don't point mean what
2: they used to but it's right
0: there's no look, loyalty there's no loyalty power, to power atlanta to
2: players why would he give a shit about atlanta i mean i love the dude i love the guy he loves atlanta right now mm-hmm. I, I i'm i'm comf- not comfortable but mm-hmm. i'm i'm Coming to the conclusion that it's like there is a very good chance that he's not going to play his whole career in Atlanta. That's almost oh foolish. no, it's almost not. foolish yeah. to think that. I mean, in this day and age of the NBA, Luka Doncic isn't going to play his whole career in Dallas. I'd be very surprised if he did that. It, it's just it's just what the, the NBA is now. I mean, yeah. look at guys like Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was a fixture in Miami for fifteen years. Even mm. he left. Even well, the for hope the is Bulls. you have him for their prime, and then whatever yeah, happens after they leave yeah, their but prime. The thing is, but you how know many what I'm people saying? even like, remember that Dwayne Wade went to Chicago? No, right. i yeah, do i, I
0: remember the ronda wade and uh butler Derek photos Rose was
2: on that team mm, for all it of was three. 15 seconds
0: the big three that everyone forgot uh quickly max before you go um i wanted to do uh oh crap
2: check something out
0: oh crap i think something just uh what just happened
2: uh-oh
1: he's gone he disappeared <laughs> quickly he said quickly max and then cut out he said the, the producer quickly, Max, like, oh i'm back oh, okay sorry <laughs> it just re-
0: i hit the reader button accidentally instead of uh looking at the time so it went into default reader for uh when i have when i'm reading newspapers and stuff that have a really bad format and ads that pop up everything i have that a reader extension that just crops it all out and I accidentally click that so apologies but max quickly on um yes okay i just want to double check make sure it's still going um season review so i think we should do this each week for the hawks um i wanted to ask you about clint capella so i wanted to start there i feel like you have some takes on clint capella his season review how would you review it
1: um it's you have to break it down between when he was healthy and when he's not when he's healthy, he's good enough to anchor a good enough defense to make the Hawks a pretty good basketball team. Uh, he is not healthy enough to rely on him to do that all year and into the playoffs. I, I think a lot is asked of Clint Capella on this team that is kind of unfair to Clint Capella, the player, um, who is a really useful rim-running big, who's good with Trey um, finishing lobs, but is not more he, – he is not Rudy Gobert in terms of turning – mediocre perimeter defenders and making a good defense out of it. Um, so it's not fair to ask him to be that. I, I feel exactly how I did it. I feel exactly about Clint Capella how I did uh, end and last year, to be honest. Um, I think he's a good big, and I also think that the Hawks would not shy away from upgrading at that position if the opportunity came about, um, perhaps with the actual Rudy Gobert. So, you know, that's that's my Clint Capella I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying that I think the Hawks would do it that. It just wouldn't surprise you.
2: It would not surprise me.
0: Would it really not know. surprise you if they traded for Gobert?
2: It would not surprise me at all. But... Nothing would surprise me at this point.
0: Hmm. My very, pick is still Jordan Poulton.
2: I can make. Like, I can see Ben more. Simmons coming to Atlanta. That would not surprise me oh, in the slightest. Please, no. I, you can, I mean, people can roll their eyes. I mean, like, he would be oh. very, very good in this offense.
1: I, I would need assurances <laughs> be that Ben really Simmons good. is going to play a basketball game again the rest of his life. I, so. No, I need that good. He'll be fine. He'll he'll
0: play. Kyrie is that a possibility still?
2: Kyrie, no. I I would be very shocked if a guy like Kyrie Irving comes here. I'd also don't want to touch. I'd rather have Ben Simmons than Kyrie Irving.
0: Kyrie Trey backcourt would just break the internet, and I just uh, who's going to
2: dominate the ball, man? Both of those guys are ball dominant guards. I don't. Ben Simmons can play. Ben Simmons is an elite like off player. He can he can distribute at an effective level, and he's. Like, the dude is one of the best def- perimeter defenders and interior defenders in the NBA. Conversa-
1: We're going to so, start having conversations about Ben Simmons where people are going to be like, "I actually, I kind of forgot
2: what kind of player Ben Simmons is. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen as soon as he starts playing. Once he plays next year.
0: Can we get there first before we talk about Ben Simmons again? I know. I know. Yeah. I'm
2: just saying it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if the Atlanta Hawks brought him in. And they can get him cheap. They can get him cheap. After what he did in Brooklyn, how they screwed them royally what he over did in Brooklyn. with that. <laughs> He did what nothing he, in Brooklyn. Well, that's what I'm saying. After he did absolutely nothing even in Brooklyn? Everything. Do we know, are we know for sure <laughs> that he made it to Brooklyn? I don't even know if he actually traveled. Did he even go to Boston to travel with the team? I don't even know. But... I, I just... I don't know. Me. Like I, would, My my, my gut me.
0: still tells me is there's a Golden State connection. Golden State's going to want to take care of Jordan Pool. They're like, we can't pay you. And we can't oh afford you with this locker room. And it's Jordan Pool in Atlanta. I, I don't know what it's going to be, but it will be jordan pool for like hunter slash herder and it might be wiggins too i could see wiggins also Andrew being wiggins, involved yeah. it would not surprise me if that's the move is we do some kind of thing with uh golden state this offseason that's my gut my gut is it's a golden state I type streak.
1: Thing. i would streak if that happens that'd be the greatest thing that ever happened to me clip that clip that. there you go yeah we're <laughs> i'm jotting that down you got to do that's it That's my sign off for the day <laughs> through the
0: highlands through the highlands max Mark- eh, max markovich thank you as always for making the time garrett we'll wrap up here Max, I'll talk to you next week. Thank
1: you. Peace.
0: Um, I'm just – the Capella thing, man. I'm so curious because it seems like he's close to Trey. And the comments postseason and just kind of where he's at, I just get the sense that Capella and Trey have a very strong off-the-court connection. And I think Trey loves the pick-and-roll connection he has with Capella. I think he trusts Capella. Capella loves his role in Atlanta – There's no discrepancy like the John Collins thing is different because John Collins wants an expansive role and wants to do more. And Capella, I think being in the league for this long knows what he is and knows how he can get paid and knows how he can just be a good teammate. And Mm. I think that's important, but I don't know. I'm curious. What did you make of his season? Do you there's just going to be such an interesting thing. Even if you don't move around any major pieces, the Ineca Capella thing isn't going anywhere. And I don't. That's just such a rocky thing to maneuver if you're Nate McMillan because I don't know what you do, but at some point Aniyka has to be the starting five, and you have to give him the majority of the minutes with Trey to see what you have there.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's the on one hand it's the it, well it's, it's it's the upside and the downside of mm-hmm. this situation is that the the Atlanta Hawks can go in so many different directions. Literally every position they could they could upgrade at every position. I could see them doing it um, this off season. And it wouldn't, and not, not, like I said, nothing would surprise me at this point. Like the only thing that would surprise me is is if they it shocked me is if they traded Trey Young, which is never going to happen, mm-hmm. um, at least not now. Um, but Clint, Clint, I think Max hit it. It's like you can only judge him for when he was healthy, and he wasn't mm-hmm. healthy a lot this year. Um, when he was, he was very good. Like he was a, a, at least within this team. He was a, he was a fixture of this of the squad. And the team won a lot of games when he was healthy. They were uh, they were significantly better when he was actually playing good basketball. Um, but at the end of the day, he's not a guy like Max said that is going to elevate your team and make you that much better um, every single time he rolls out onto the floor because he's going to miss those two footers and uh, he's not that long, so he's not going to win as many rebounds and it, so he he loses key battles every now and then, and, and sometimes it really affects the outcome of the game. Um, but he's fine. I, mm-hmm. I would, if, if it was my preference, I would upgrade the perimeter and help him. Uh, mm-hmm. because he's a guy who clearly has that relationship with Trey, like you mentioned, but he's not the kind of guy who can pick up, uh, he's, he was asked to do a whole hell of a lot. And he's not a guy who's really all that suited to take a, a perimeter player. Who's, who's streaking into the middle and just stonewall him. That's not what he does. He's just a physical guy who can beat somebody up. um, so if you get a guy who can stop on the perimeter, then you can see what, really what this team was in 2021, where they were able to to funnel somebody into him in an in a, in a actual streamlined way, and they were able to get stops. Um, it wasn't always flashy, they, but they were solid at doing that. This year, they really weren't able to do that, and they were asking Clint Capella to do way too much. Mm. And that showed, because this was a bad defensive team. And then on the offensive end, of the, uh, the offensive end, they just weren't able to really pick up the slack. Um, so if they moved Clint Capella, it wouldn't surprise me. But my preference, upgrade the perimeter and see what you can do there. Uh, because DeAndre Hunter has not, he just hasn't gotten the job done effectively enough. Uh, Kevin Herter, he's not a plus defender in the way that you need him to be. Bogey McDonavich, uh, he's been too streaky. Um, mm. So I, I need somebody out there who can really elevate this unit. I just don't know who it is. It could be an Andrew Wiggins. It could be, um, I know you hate this, it could, it could be the, the guy who I will not mention uh, up in Brooklyn. But mm. that's where they really need to elevate their game is because th- this is a team that, that allowed so many three-pointers. So many three-pointers. And that's that's the biggest need for this, this squad in this offseason. But it's going to be very interesting to watch.
0: For sure. Uh, what's not been very interesting to watch to this point is the 2022 Atlanta Braves, um, Garrett? In your estimation, why do you think the Braves are four games under five hundred at this point in the year?
2: Uh, they can't put the bat on the ball. They are what thirtieth or no twenty eighth or something in batting average as a team. They're batting like two thirty or mm-hmm. something. Like that's miserably bad. They're second in, in Major League Baseball in strikeouts, only trailing. Like, they have three hundred sixty strikeouts or something right mm-hmm. now. They're two off the lead league uh, that the league that you lead league that you don't want, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like three sixty two. Um, the pitching has been mediocre, and the bullpen's not healthy. It, it's just the it, it's a calamity of errors right now, and it, it's also the fact that they've played a lot of very good baseball teams. They, they're coming off one of the most difficult stretches, uh, the first part of, of May. I actually just put out an article about this earlier today, where they, I think it was like the so you played the Mets. To start the month, you have Mets and then Padres and then Brewers and then Padres and Red Sox and then Brewers again. Mm. And they come out of that 7 and 8, and that's okay. Like They kind of treaded water against some of the best teams in Major League Baseball. That's okay. I can live with that. But what's coming next is something where the Braves really, really need to take advantage and string together some wins. I mean, they have two series wins and 12 opportunities, and they need to start stringing together some wins, but they have a chance to do that. They're going down to Miami, very winnable series. Then they have the Phillies, mm. important series. Um, we'll see what they can do there. I mean, it's a division rival and the Phillies. It's its hot and cold generally with them. It's like any division rival. Mm. Uh, but then after that, you have the Diamondbacks, you have the Rockies, you have uh, the Pirates. Uh, who else am I thinking? I, I'm just going off the top of my head. But like those are, those are a lot of series where you could really make some damage. The Oakland A's are another team. Mm-hmm. those are winnable series you need to win games against those teams and then you can really start gaining ground uh in the east in the east because if you keep if you drop a lot of these games if you come out of this stretch it at a 500 mark if like if you go i don't know 11 and 11 or 11 and 12 or something in that range you're gonna turn around and you're going to be 10 11 games behind the Mets in this division and I'm not going to count on the Mets dropping games like they did last year. I'm not going to count on the Phillies dropping games like they did last year because this is 2022. This is not 2021. Mm. I'm I'm, I'm so sick of people talking, oh, well, they did this last year, and look what happened there. Bullshit. It's not last year. This is a completely different season. Baseball's a fickle thing, and if if they don't turn around quickly, and I mean like right now, very soon, this is going to be a lost season for the Atlanta Braves. And it's 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 by virtue of them not swinging the ball, swinging and, and hitting the ball. They're they're swinging and missing far too often, and they're not putting the ball in play. So the pitching has started to come back, but now the the hitting sucks. So mm. Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna, all these guys, Adam Duvall and Ozzy Elbies, especially, have been miserable. I mean, Duvall's below the Mendoza line right now, and he's probably one of the streakier players in the in Major League Baseball. So maybe that means that he's all he's all of a sudden going to go bat five hundred and hit seven home runs over this stretch. Who knows mm-hmm. because that's what he does but look just win some baseball games this is your chance
0: yeah I just it's everybody's below 100 in WRC plus it's Matt Olson's been you know what's funny is he's been I wouldn't. he's not been great but he's been good like Matt Olson I, I just feel like it's just gonna be a good player for a long time where uh, a good WRC plus 133 um he's been he's been great like I shouldn't do that he's been very good. And he's solid, and he's going to be fine. But he's not Freddie Freeman. Like, he's just not. You're and there paying is a him
2: to be better than very good, though.
0: Yeah, but it's just probably not going to happen. So, I don't ah, know. You kind of need. That yet. It's Riley and Olson who have done the Lord's work in the middle of this lineup. And Darno, who has cooled off. Um, he's under 100 now uh, in WRC+. plus. But I don't know. Like you talked about, there's just. Everyone lost the Rosario versus Soler um, conversation from this offseason because Soler is back to what he's been previously in Miami, unfortunately. But he got paid, and Soler, the memories will always be there. Rosario, obviously, you got nothing there, and you picked Rosario and probably won't get anything there. Dickerson was a miss. Um, Demerit is cooled uh, off significantly. He's not an answer. But like you mentioned, you need somebody like Ozuna to figure it out. You need Duvall to figure it out because if not – this season will get away from you and the Mets are 12 games over 500 right now the Braves are eight games back they still have a 63 percent chance of making the playoffs per fan graphs so with the expanded expanded playoffs I think the Braves are there's no reason to panic but to speak to your point about this is not last year I think that's important that fans have to I didn't agree with this and I think a lot of um folks I don't really want to single anybody out but there was a lot of don't panic in May. Don't panic in June because look at last year. We, we were fine. We, we struggled out of the gate. We made some summer trades, and then bam, we took off. That's not a formula that works out very often. Like That's an amazing run, and we, we struck lightning in a bottle post-Acuna's injury, and that's an amazing run. That will never happen again. But generally speaking, when you dig this hole, like the Braves have dug, like the Red Sox have dug in the AL East, that means you're probably in really bad shape, and that probably means that it's going to be very, very difficult and very unlikely that you get out of that hole, and this might mean the Braves to be more active than they want it to be this summer, and for folks who are wondering, like, is it Drew Waters? Is it um, Michael Harris? Michael Harris is probably not playing anything this year. He hasn't even taken a Triple A at bat yet, so... If you're waiting on him or you're waiting on Waters or whoever, like the saviors aren't there and they're not in they're not in the minors ready to go. So I don't know. I think the division, I would be surprised if they were in play for that uh, come October. But I do think the wild card, uh, one of the wild card spots is right there. Uh, the NL West being as good as they have been to this point is a little concerning. But I mean, they're this is this makes kind of sense. It makes a pretty fair amount of sense that they're right there with the Marlins, who have an unreal pitching staff, Um and they're just so good uh on that front that they're, they're going to be a problem there. And the Phillies, whatever they just keep throwing more money and keep trying to throw uh, what they can. But it's the most, I don't know,
2: most money for an eighty-one and eighty-one record that I've ever seen.
0: Right, and Harper being hurt hurt them as well. Yeah. But I don't know. I just the Braves are going to have an interesting summer and they've got to figure it out. The offense, someone has to pick it up. Like someone in this lineup outside of Olsen and Riley have to be consistent and unique Acuna healthy too. like Acuna just getting hundred percent right would also change a lot of this.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, call on it by any stretch i mean it is may i mean i i, I but i hate that i do hate that excuse i hate mm. that excuse it's early it's early they'll figure it out no i'm not gonna i'm not no this is a team that's coming off the world series this is a team that should be winning a lot of baseball games mm. all right so i'm not going to give them any excuses they don't they're, they're paid way too much money to be getting excuses like that you need to be hitting the damn baseball but look i this this team is all the talent in the world this is a team that could and should get it right and mm. It's just a streaky bunch. It's a streaky bunch, and if they can get that WRC plus right back over a hundred, there's anybody in this lineup can do that. So it's still one of the most potent in baseball. This is still mm. a team that can they can literally go out tonight and drop 25 runs on somebody. <laughs> I, mm. That wouldn't surprise me, like because well, obviously 25 runs would surprise anybody. That's not my mm. point. What I'm saying is that this is a team that can jump on anybody. We've seen it happen this year. Who was it? Who were they playing? They scored 16 runs or something just out of nowhere. It was against like mm. the Mets, I think. And that this is what right. they can do to you. Yeah, it's yeah. like early in the season, like April or something like that. But
0: they're not the Tennessee Vols, we're winning twenty-seven to
2: twenty-seven. On the it's, yeah, it's like I think they outscored their football team. Um, but twenty-twenty no,
0: version, not the twenty-twenty-one okay. version. Hold on. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. People but forget that
0: we're in everything school. Uh, You're,
2: you are a something school. You're still trying to figure out how to be a football school. But you know, I, a, I'll I think that. we're
0: okay. I don't know. Yes, I Nico.
2: It depends on who you start at quarterback next year, but. Uh, the Braves kidding. will be fine. The Braves will be fine, but they need to be better than fine. That's it. And I think that this stretch is going to be a very telling. I think the next time we have this podcast, we will have a very good idea of what this stretch is going to look like. They need to win these—they need to beat the 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 Marlins, and they need to beat the Phillies. Uh, they need to win both of those series, and then if they do that, then we're looking at some very bad baseball teams uh, who the Braves shouldn't be playing. So— We'll see what happens. The next two weeks are going to be very important. I want to see what they do in the last last half of the month.
0: Absolutely, Garrett Chapman. We can check you out on 989 The Game. Follow on Twitter at gchapatl. Anything you'd like to plug as we wrap up here on this fine Friday afternoon? i just
2: pushing out articles, man. Having some fun, man. I'll be up at Flowery Branch all the last part of the in June. Really, that's when I really start picking up there. I'm I'm really excited for that. So um, all the Falcons coverage you can ever want. I'll be pushing all of that out.
0: There you go. Keep up the good work, sir. Worst SPF hundred. I don't know about this SPF fifty, seventy five business that you've thrown out, but
2: I gotta, I gotta get a base tan. You know?
0: Do you have? You don't have a base tan? No, I don't have I, a base tan.
2: I've never had a base tan in my life. So yeah, I don't know what that is. I mean, my pale ass. I if there, I, I'm I'm the closest thing we have to the to the moon on this planet.
0: There you go. I yeah. mean my fiance is half mexican and just we'll be out in the sun for 30 minutes and just already a different shade it's my girlfriend's it's,
2: italian so i completely understand
0: yeah i just i'm not <laughs> i can't not do fair. that She's yeah like, no.
2: yeah let's go to a pool let's have a pool day on saturday and i'm like, uh, are you I'm, sure <laughs> it's
0: long sleeve season man you got to get the sun hat like i do and then it's long sleeve season legs i can be fine but long sleeve man i got to do it the dry fit columbia fishing shirts that's the way to go in the summer Oof. in the south man
2: love those love those
0: I Stocked up on them. Belk has a sale right now, so go run in there. I don't know if it's for I got an, an hour,
2: hour or two to spare right here before we uh have NBA action. So might there as well. you
0: go. Isn't it later? Isn't it like an 8.30 tip tonight? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, yeah.
2: it's kind of later because it's on the west coast, but yeah, I don't
0: know. Garrett Chapman, always a pleasure. Max Markovich, missed you, missed you guys. Uh, I'm gonna like I'm gonna jump back into the PGA championship a little bit. The oh, Tiger, sure. spieth Rory pairing That's has killer. just yeah, it's, it's just it's, been great all day. I don't think
2: you get any better than that in terms of golf. Uh, yeah, it, that's that's awesome. Did you see the story about the what is it like the the, the like 10th alternate or something like that who made it and just by the skin of his teeth? I did not. Dude, I'll send you the story. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do that off air. We'll talk more about it. Cool.
0: It's pretty cool. All right, Gary Chapman, talk to you next week. All right, that'll do it for the Atlanta sports guys here on part two of the Saturday, May 21st, 2022 edition here on the the Chasemus podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, Go uh, check out all of my other shows this week. If you have not already done so, cornucopia of shows uh, starting in the middle of the week, um, including the former UGA and Indiana head coach Tom Crean was on this very program this week. Great interview with him. Um, but a multitude of shows here on this very feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or get your podcasts that you can go circle back and check out if you missed them earlier in the week. Um, As we are back on the saddle here now that uh, this semester is wrapped up here on Rocky Top. So uh, big, big things in store this summer. Uh, New episode coming tomorrow, Sports Reporters. We have indeed reassembled. That's coming on this very feed tomorrow, so watch out for that. But uh, two parter today in the books here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, both of these episodes. I greatly appreciate you checking them out. Per usual, uh, go subscribe to me on uh, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. It's easy, it's just typing in your email and uh, never missing any of my written content. Email me at Chase at gmail.com. Tweet at me at chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer all right new episode tomorrow uh finish up the warriors win uh what a game uh just what what a game uh that was a lot of fun uh basketball it's good and very fun so excited to see how the rest of that series goes after golden state goes up to O. um but yeah all right uh that'll do it i'll be there how'd i do